Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. to another episode of Revolution Recap. The Revs took a very big point on the road today with a 2-2 draw in Toronto. Tommy McNamara and Justin Reddick scrapped up some goals to give the Revs just enough offense on a night where they were very shorthanded. And with the result, the Revs temporarily move into a playoff position while keeping TFC four points behind them in the table with a game in hand. I'm Greg Johnstone. Joining me is Chris Valukas. Chris, how are you doing? Greg, I'm doing fantastic. It has been far too long since I've been back on the pod. Uh, I have taken a few weeks away. I am so happy to be back. Uh, I wish we were back under three-point circumstances, but I will be uh, more than happy to take a point away from Toronto on the road. I think it's such a fantastic uh, result. And uh, yeah, doing fantastic. How about you? How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. Um, I think this was a pretty amazing result. I think this is week four. Uh, or the fourth straight game where the Revs have really surprised me and taken a pretty important result. Um, this is a game I was not looking forward to with how hot TFC has been. Um, other than the 0-0 draw, since they brought in the Italian national team, they've scored, I think, three goals, four goals, and four goals in their three other games uh, since they have reloaded. So I was expecting a ton of offense, yep. especially with Henry Kessler out. Uh, so I was not expecting... This performance, where not only you keep them to two goals, uh, one of which being a penalty kick and the other one being a long-range blast, which I think, you know, there's no way of saving that. Uh, you kind of force TFC into earning those goals um, and playing pretty solid defensively, but uh, also scrapping together two goals uh, and taking the most of your chances. Uh, I think that was a pretty good result, all things considered. So, um, yeah, very, very happy tonight. Um, if you want to join in the conversation, just to let you know, you can request to join. This is a live sh- Twitter show, but... Uh, we certainly want to hear from all of you, so please hop in. I'm going to give my key takeaway from tonight's game before we uh, get to our listeners, but I just want to give some more Justin Rennick's praise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've been listening to Titus and Tate a lot lately, and they have the joke, is he him? Uh, and I got to say, I think Justin Rennick's is him. Uh, he has that dog in him, uh, as the kids say these days. Um, really, really tough position to be in, to be a lone striker with very little offensive sport. You do have Carlos Heel. But outside of that, there isn't a ton going for you. You have five men in the back. Uh, this was really a no-win situation, and he came to play. Um, we've kind of noted some plays here and there where Justin Reddick's, where he's in no position to win the ball, will still fight and win the ball and take take the possession away from a defender who's kind of lackadaisical. Um, we saw that pretty early in the game. Uh, I think in the second minute here, uh, he fought off a defender and sent in a low cross, which didn't lead to anything, but uh, it kind of set the tone that he was fighting and scrapping for everything. Uh, excited to see him finally get a goal. Uh, mm. I think the goalkeeper could have done a little bit better on it, but uh, <laughs> certainly, you know, blasted on net. Uh, certainly was a great run that Carly Seal was anticipating. Um, yeah, I'm very glad to see Justin Reddick's finally rewarded uh, for this past month, which he's really kind of had a shit roll, and, you know, he's turned lemons into lemonade. Yeah, I'm really glad that you brought up Justin Reddick's because uh, you kind of saw this coming over the past few weeks, especially. Uh, he's been called upon there's no one else to really play that position right now you know Frioni is dealing with whatever he's dealing with uh Josie's scoring goals down in Mexico so uh Justin Renex it was it's his time to to really step up and I think that he's really proven that he's 
uh, he's able to grow and and just he's improved his game so much. Um, so just, it, like I said, it's just been weeks coming to get to the performance from tonight, and hopefully it just keeps rolling as well. Um, it, he showed a lot of quickness, a lot of tenacity, strength to uh, muscle defenders. I mean, he won some, he lost some on, you know, as far as the strength department goes. But overall, I I was really impressed with him. I would like to see him be a bit more involved in the ball. We always seem to, you know, harp on uh, uh, Josie and other attackers for not getting very many touches. He did only have 16 touches, so would have liked to see that. But uh, he bagged himself a goal, had his 0.99 expected goals on target for the night. Um, six out of seven on passing, you know, so he was not making bad decisions. Um, yeah, it was just, just a good night overall from Rennick. So glad you brought him up as your takeaway. Yeah. And that first goal too, uh, he makes a very good run that I think, uh, he'll send, send the low cross in and he kind of touches it on goal and, and uh, Bono saves it. Uh, but T-Mac is there to kind of scrap it in. Um, you know, he was pretty key on that play as well. So, yeah. um, again, only 16 touches, but e- even when he's not touching the ball, uh, he seems to be making an impact, uh, pretty well overall. So, uh, everyone, if you want to join the conversation, please, uh, just hit request to listen. We'll get you in on the show. Uh, let us know your thoughts, uh, or your questions on tonight's game. Um, Let's see. We do have a handful of questions here that I got on Twitter. Um, so I will. Oh, we are getting. Uh, oh, hang on. Let's see if I can remember how to do this. Yaman's dude is joining us here. Let's see if we can get him on. It always takes a minute for Twitter sp- uh, spaces to connect. He's changed his name to McNutty. McNutty, can you hear me? Yes, sir. How's it going, guys? Good. How are you today? Good, good. Just want to want to say, you know, good result tonight, but I felt kind of shitty, as I think we all feel. Uh, you know, that second goal probably shouldn't have happened. It was a foul on Dewan Jones, but it was a great goal regardless. It's one of those things you remember the rest of your life is that goal. Uh, it was really beautifully played. Uh, that ball from Bradley to Crescido, whatever his name is, was unreal. Yep, the finish, the finish was off the charts. Good. Um, but all around, you know, you can't be too mad tonight. It was the best game Omar's played as a rev. The best game Renix, who has been garbage his whole career, has played as a rev. Um, <laughs> so, you know, can't be too mad at it. Bruce, Bruce being a masterclass. If they get either Barrero or Bo back for the Montreal game, I'm not too worried. I know Rioni, Rioni is traveling with the team, I believe. Um, so I'm feeling pretty confident about the game in Montreal. Um, but right now, you know, sitting in sixth in the East with this injury-ravaged team this year, I'm, I'm feeling... Not horrible right now, surprisingly. Yeah, I will say in the last month or so, I've expected this team to kind of fall off a little bit, and the results have been kind of disappointing. But even shorthanded, it kind of seems like they're playing better or more as a team. They seem to be adjusting their tactics week to week. And Bruce Arenas, you know, for his shortcomings the first half of the season, I feel like this past month he's done a wonderful job. Uh, game in and game out, kind of tweaking and readjusting. I think the five-man back line was very good tonight. Uh, I think he kind of realized Nomar Gonzalez probably in a four-man back line is not the best idea. Um, I think McCoon also, you know, he's been with his team for, what, two weeks? Um, I think throwing him back there also is a tough job for him, and he didn't have a great game either. We can talk about him in a little bit as well. Uh, so I, I think putting them together in a five-man back line kind of worked out well, not just because you're adding that extra defender, but I think also because neither Omar or McCoon was going to work in a four-man backline. So, um, yeah, I, I think this past month has really eased a lot of my concerns. And hopefully when this team gets healthy again, um, the guys that are role players keep up their form uh, and the star players can kind of come back and hit full strength. So, uh, Chris, anything you, you want to add on to that? 
Yeah, just looking forward to Montreal. It's uh, what we're going to need, I think, is a positive attack. We know the Revs defense has really solidified over the last you know month plus. Uh, hopefully they continue doing that. I don't see any signs to say that they wouldn't. thought they played fantastic. You mentioned the five at the back. I thought that worked very well. Uh, and to McNutty's point, if we could get some uh, some attackers back at Vrioni, get Barrero out there. Montreal might be second place right now in East on points. And they're scoring goals. They've got 43 goals scored, but they're leaking a lot of goals too. So they got 41 goals against. So there's definitely opportunities to to bag a few on the road and uh, take that Maple Syrup Derby uh, championship home. So, um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to the Montreal game. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. That's another thing we, we got to get going again, the Maple Syrup Derby. I think that's kind of cooled off in recent years. Uh, we, we, we should start that up again and force that rivalry. So Yeah, uh, blame Canada. Blame Canada, for sure. Sunday afternoon, fullbacks. Uh, welcome to the show. It's been a while since you've been on here. Uh, my, my question to you is, how many drinks are you into the night? Uh, we're starting with the tough questions. All right, we're going to open the fridge. Um, the 12-pack has three left in it, and uh, the pint glass is half full. So we're eight and a half deep if the math checks out. 12 minus three and a half, eight and a half. How many of those were in the first half when the game wasn't looking so good? I don't. I gave you twelve minus three and a half. Like there's going to be fall off. Come on, let me let me live. Well, all right. Let's get to your let's get to your question and, and what you want to talk about. Uh, what are your thoughts tonight, Sunday afternoon? Fullback? So first off, I want to reply to the uh, previous caller, McDummy. Um, McDummy saying you can't be too upset about getting a point out of this. I don't know if McDummy knows about Stockholm syndrome, but he seems to be uh, a sufferer of Stockholm syndrome. How many times are we going to watch this team give away points? Like, like hold on to a lead. I don't care that you're in Toronto. I don't care who's playing, who's injured. You're up two to one at the end of the game. Hold on to the lead. Find a way to do it. I, I don't care. There's make all the excuses, injuries, who's starting Omar's out there. I don't care. It's two to one. Get three points. So that's the first thing, McDummy. Well, I'll, I'll come to McDummy's defense here a little bit. That second goal was pretty, that, that was a nice goal. I, I'm going to give him credit for that. I also think we can get into this as well, that the corner, you could argue was a foul on Dewan Jones. So I, I understand those are excuses. I understand that if you're just looking at results that, you know, they, they didn't get the job done. Uh, they weren't able to close the door, but I think all things considered, um, those were, a, a kind of a mix of maybe not getting the call when you needed it and a, a pretty great play. I, I think you kind of have to tip your tat to, to TFC. I think TFC stole that point more than the Revs dropped two points. Don't you think that's fair? How many times can we say that throughout this season? Uh, it's been like every game. Right. So I, I mean, at, at a certain point, oh, they stole the points. Oh, we, the, the ref missed the call. Like it's just still happening. So no, you, you dropped two more points tonight. And so Mc, McDummy, you want to tell me I can't be upset with that? Oh, of course I can. I'll find any reason to be upset. Are you calling me McDummy or are you calling McDummy McDummy? Uh, McDummy is the McDummy. You're, you're, <laughs> yeah, no. Can you're I Mr. Re- Applebee's. Uh, Greg, <laughs> Greg, can I rebut to this real quick? Please do. I just want everyone to know that uh, not Brian Campbell or Sunday afternoon fillbacks is my cousin. He's just being a piece of shit. Doesn't mean anything you just said. That's all. I mean, all of it. <laughs> I I want to jump in here real quick and just say I don't necessarily think that 
Toronto stole the point. If you look at the stats and the way the game played, and if you watched the game specifically in the second half, the Reds were under so much pressure all the damn time. The corners, if you look at that corner stat, Toronto had 17 corners on the night. 17 is an absurd amount of corners Meaningless. for any team. Meaningless. Do you know how many corners did the Revolution have? They had zero. The The attack was 100% or fine, 67%. If you want to get technical, all Toronto FC, uh, their possession, and every time they had possession, they were pushing up into the Revolution's third. Toronto FC should be upset that they only are going away with a point. And it took a penalty kick and a worthy of a goal possible goal of the year candidate to to get Toronto level and to take away a point. So I think you have to feel good as a refs fan. I think being upset about this, there's way more things that you could be upset about with the revolution. I think tonight is not necessarily it. That's my stance and I'm going to stick to it. And uh, I'm sure I'll hear from you on Twitter about that. Well, well, getting into the, uh, there's way more things to be upset about as a revolution fan. That, that's a good thing. That's a nice segue into what I wanted to talk about before McBozo jumped on the line. Uh, if Henry Kessler played tonight, do you think they even get a point? Like, honestly, him not being vaxxed, maybe that earned them a point because he he starts tonight. Maybe they only have two center backs instead of three, and maybe Toronto scores three or four. And so I know the hashtag had a lot of takes. Uh, some might call them hot takes. A lot of uh, finger wagging going on in the hashtag the last few days about who should be vaxxed and shouldn't be vaxxed. But uh, I don't know. Maybe he starts tonight and they lose this game. So maybe that's a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Uh, and, and for those that are listening and uh, might not be on Rev's Twitter, uh, hopefully you aren't. Uh, Henry Kessler missed this game uh, and will be missing the Montreal game because he is unvaccinated. So he's not legally allowed to uh, enter into Canada. I don't have any real takes on that or any of the other stuff. Um, I'm kind of just keeping it on the field uh, tonight. Uh, I do think his presence was missed, but you bring up a good point that if Kessler is there, do they go to the five man back line, which seemed to be pretty effective overall? Um, I don't know. Uh, I think that would have been pretty interesting. I do think you could have maybe gone with McCoon and Kessler in the five-man back line. I also think the five-man back line, on top of missing Kessler, I think it's also due to a lack of forwards um, and lack of midfielders. So, um, you know, I, I think missing Brioni and Bowen and Barrero, I mean, I, I, I think, I, I don't know. I, I think you could make the argument that they were going to go with the five-man back line anyway. But it is an interesting theory that if you have Kessler there, does Bruce have more faith in that back line? And is TF is TFC able to open up things a little bit better? Um, that's a that's a really interesting question, and I I don't really have an answer for it, but it's an interesting theory. I would have asked Bruce about it if I was on the post game show, but Frank Delapa got all the questions. Uh, he always does. He always does. Uh, Bobby Reverton is here, by the way. Bobby, I know you've been waiting patiently. Uh, what was your thoughts on tonight's game? I thought it was a good game. I thought it was a good point. My uh, just looking at the uh, lineup, though. You know, obviously they have five in the back. I'm wondering what message this sends to Bell, though, right? Because you, I mean, whether it's McCoon or Gonzalez, someone has leapfrogged Bell in this situation, and I, I'm wondering, you know, what what folks think about that, uh, and or, you know, is is this just what we're looking at right now? As long as we don't have our attackers, we just have to have the stoutest backline, and Bell's not part of it. Yeah, that's a good good point, and I think. We do have to have the caveat here that Bell has been on the injury report lately um, due to a leg injury. Um, so it could be possible that he's working his way back to fitness. But I do think there's a lot of truth here that the Revs went out and got a center back 
in Christian uh, uh, in McCoon, who is left-footed, and if you kind of look at his physical build, it's similar to John Bell. It seems like McCoon seems to be at the very least a John Bell replacement. You didn't trade for McCoon to be a fourth or fifth center back. So um, I, I I don't know if they didn't want to run out Bell and McCoon. They may maybe felt better with Omar Gonzalez, who probably can play a little bit better in a five-man backline than a four-man backline. Um, it might have just been they felt that's a, a better three-man backline than Bell and McCoon or Bell and Omar. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's not a good sign for John Bell that you played three center backs uh, and he's not one of them overall. Uh, so yeah, I, I, did I miss the question there, Bobby? I, I, I might have missed the second part of the question there. No, that was it. There's just something I noticed because even when they were bringing on uh, subs, I, I figured maybe, uh, you know, because he uh, McCoon can step up into a defensive midfielder role. I figured maybe at that point they'd bring on Bell, but the fact they made subs and he wasn't one of them to try to hold a lead or a tie, you know, not that it sends a message, but it certainly was noticeable to me. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And also, too, Polster was only supposed to get about 30 minutes tonight, and he was forced on with uh, Wilfred Captoon being sent off due to injury. So you could have hypothetically moved McCoon into kind of the defensive midfield and put Bell on instead. Uh, so it's interesting that Polster, who, um, as I say, Arena was thinking would get 30 minutes tonight, ended up getting, I think, 70 minutes instead. So um, that's interesting. Also, one thing that it's been pointed out to me is that uh, John Bell uh, is, had a concussion, uh, so that might have, I don't know if that's better or worse, but either way, uh, he's been on the injury report lately. Um, I, I don't think it's a good sign for John Bell, um, even if you take the injury part out of it. Um, as I said, as I said a few weeks ago, when I heard about the McCoon trade, my first reaction was, uh, does that mean John Bell is on his way out uh, either now or in the future? And I, I don't think it. there's room for both of them uh, on this roster long term. So uh, let's talk about Christian McCoon, though. Um, not a great game from him, I'd say. Uh, big highlight is... The penalty kick in the first half, which some people felt was soft. I thought it was a pretty clear penalty kick. Um, I don't think he really had any play on the ball whatsoever. It looks like he had his arms uh, all over the attacker and is not in a good position either way. So did he, did he, you know, did he go down easy? Maybe a little bit. Uh, but I think that's kind of a pro move where you go down when you're, you feel a pull. And I don't know, not, not a great introduction to New England for McCoon. Uh, there were a couple of other moments, too, where um, he didn't see it. There, there was another play in the first half where he kind of mishit it and went out for a corner kick. Um, there, there were a couple of plays where he seemed a little bit slow to react, but I kind of attribute that just to getting accustomed to, uh, you know, playing with new teammates and setting the, the line and stuff like that. So um, I think the big moment here is the penalty kick, which, again, not a good introduction. Um, not in love with McCoon. Uh, we heard some negative things from Charlotte, but, yeah. I don't know. Not a great first impression. Um, Chris or anyone else, uh, any thoughts on McCoon in this game? No, I, I'm kind of with you on that. It was uh, definitely an underwhelming performance. I wouldn't say that he's reached like Claude Dielna levels with, uh, you know, clumsy play in the back, but uh, I was expecting a little bit better um, out of it. And, you know, maybe there's some sort of nerves finally getting a start for your new club or something like that. Maybe you can attribute it to that. But I'm not going to sit here and make excuses for him. It was it was a pretty lousy game overall. And one person I think we got to give a lot of credit to, who I think we were expecting the worst from, and we've been expecting the worst from all season, Omar Gonzalez. Um, mm -hmm. Played pretty well. I guess having fewer defensive responsibilities in a five-man back line really helps out. Less, less ground to cover. Um, I don't have anything in my notes here of 
the plays he messed up. There's obviously the play that he cleared off of the line, saved the goal there. Uh, there was another play, too, where late in the game, Nolbuck is chasing Michael Bradley. Michael Bradley kind of gets in between uh, some defenders. There's a through ball in for him, and Omar is able to clear it out. Uh, I don't think that's going to be on any highlight reels, uh, but it was pretty good instincts from Omar overall. He seemed pretty cool and confident. I think this is his best game uh, in a Revs jersey, which, again, not saying a ton, but positive marks for Omar in this game. And I wouldn't be shocked if we see a five-man back line with Omar in it again. Um, I don't know. He just seemed like a, a different player in this game. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you're bringing up Omar on this too because he does deserve praise when, when, when he earns it like like he did tonight. And you know, going back to to Bobby's point earlier is uh, is Omar or McCoon like leapfrogging John Bell possibly? And obviously, I guess we're not really sure what's going to happen with that because Bell has been dealing with injuries. Uh, I I think maybe it's McCoon over Bell, but Omar Gonzalez I think is deliberately put into this lineup because it's a five-man backline, and he specifically plays well. Uh, the backline itself, the way that the Revolution just came out with the game plan for today, it was tailored to Omar Gonzalez. He didn't have to worry about being, you know, his lack of athleticism. He didn't have to worry about being uh, an only defender back most of the time um, or getting beat one-on-one as often. Instead, he got to play his game. He got to really, you know shut down the box and and just kind of control the aerial game which is what you want from omar um wasn't asked to do a ton other than that and really i don't think he made a made a wrong step all game not that i saw anyway so um yeah credit to omar and hopefully he keeps going and i i loved seeing the five at the back i said it earlier i'll say it again uh and when the revs first signed omar back in whatever month it was that's exactly what I was saying. I wanted to see. I was hoping that the Reds were going to go to some sort of five at the back with wingbacks. Brennan by Dewan Jones. They are fantastic wingbacks, in my opinion. That's exactly what you want. Um, quick, speedy, cross, crossing-able. I don't know if that's a, a verb, but these, these guys can cross it, and they can get upfield, and you want that. And you want having three defenders back is really a really nice luxury to have in that sort of scenario. So I, I thought it, the Reds played very well with it, and it was something new to see. And, uh, yeah. That's, I don't know, I'm kind of rambling on it now, but I, I really enjoyed it, and I think a lot of that is just down to Omar, so credit to Omar. Now, Chris, I mean, this might depend on who's available for the next game, but w- would you do you think they go with the five-man back line in Montreal, or do you think they shift back to a four-man back line since Montreal doesn't pose the offensive threat that TFC does? Oh, it's Bruce Arena, so I'm guessing they're going back to the four-man back line. Uh, he's stubborn. Um, and we've seen that time and time again. Uh, I, I hope I'm wrong, but uh, I'd say McCoon is probably going to be the man out because of his uh, his penalty that he gave up. Uh, I, I would not be surprised if he does not start. Um, but, you know, I hope I'm wrong. I, if this same exact back five starts again in Montreal, um, I'd, I would be more than happy and, and confident that the Revs are going to see out three points in Montreal. By the way, if anyone else uh, who's spoken or hasn't spoken yet wants to get in on the action, uh, please uh, just let us know. I think there's a raise hand button, uh, or and you can request to speak uh, in the Twitter spaces. We want to get as many people involved uh, as possible as well. Um, and while we're on that topic, we did get some listener comments here uh, from Mike Kennedy. Uh, says Omar Gonzalez was in the mat- uh, conversation for man of the match. Uh, the player like the national team defender and vintage Galaxy tonight. Uh, well done, Omar. So uh, Mike certainly was impressed by him. Also, Teal Forever 
who is celebrating his one-year anniversary of being on Twitter just so he could ask us questions, uh, says, how clutch was that Omar save? Give credit where credit is due. I certainly give a lot of credit to Omar Gonzalez tonight. Uh, thank you for joining Twitter, uh, Teal Forever. Um, sorry we dragged you onto Twitter uh, so you can ask questions. I feel really bad about that. Uh, but, um, yes. Yeah, that, that's a cursed revs moment, yeah. That's, Bringing people that's, onto... <laughs> that's a regret, especially this week. That's not great. That's not good at all, but... Uh, Paulo is here. Uh, Paulo, uh, how are you doing tonight? Uh, what's on your mind? Hey, uh, good evening, everybody. I don't know if you guys, I kind of joined in late. I don't know if you guys mentioned um, Christian McCoon. It's his first start for the Revs, and it looked like he had been out there already for us for a while. You know, he showed some pretty good composure. He gave up that PK, but I don't think it was a PK anyways. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of it guys was. who deserve credit, and I think... He was kind of a little little unsung hero, maybe. Him and Jones, uh, I thought, played really well. Well, uh, we did we did talk about McCoon a little bit, uh, and I, I wasn't too impressed with it. And I, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I kind of disagree, and I thought that it was a penalty kick. Uh, I think if you, you thought it was a, a soft PK, I, I think you probably feel a little differently about the McCoon performance overall. Uh, but, um, yeah, we, we talked about it a little bit earlier, and I wasn't too, too impressed, but there weren't too many moments that he was – there were little things – kind of here and there where he's kind of getting beat but um overall for a first start um you know it's it's a work in progress i'd be curious to see how we do in a four-man back line i'll say that mm-hmm. yeah my takeaway was that he was not as bad as claude Dielna. so I, I don't know if I, I think we both kind of disagreed with the fact that he had an okay game but I, i'm glad that that he has some support out there because uh hopefully we are all wrong I did think Dewan Jones, we haven't talked about Dewan Jones yet, uh, Paulo, and Dewan Jones, I thought, had a pretty good game, and it seems like the past few games, they've made a point to make sure he gets a little bit more involved in the attack. Um, he only had one pass into the final third uh, this game, uh, but 77% pass accuracy here. Um, I guess that I'm looking through his stats. His stats aren't really that outstanding overall, 63 touches, two for three on ground duels. Um, but I thought his numbers, he had a 6.6 rating on, on foot model. Um, but I thought he played pretty well. And I, I thir- certainly thought he made his presence known overall. So um, I, I, we haven't talked about Dewan. Um, I, I thought he had a pretty, pretty solid performance. And um, it's good to see him getting a little bit more involved in the attack. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. And uh, I think uh, Davies mentioned it a lot on the broadcast um, with, a, with a tough matchup against Bernadetsky. He did a great job all game, and it was kind of a rough start, too. There was a couple of plays early in the game where I thought he got clearly fouled, and the ref, for, for whatever reason, was letting a lot of fouls go uncalled early in the game. But I thought he you know, com- you know, com- had good composure, didn't, didn't, let, uh, didn't let anything get under his skin, calls didn't go his way, but he just hung in there and did a great job dealing with Bernadeschi. Yeah, yeah no, you I, mentioned you mentioned the ref too, Fotis Fotis Bozakos. I can't say his name really, but maybe I did. Um, I thought he actually let them play, and I thought that was kind of an interesting uh, approach to the game. Something that you don't necessarily see as much in MLS. I feel like uh, a lot of the refs are are card happy, or maybe one side or the other. I think that he made bad decisions on both sides of the ball, uh, but I think he made good call. Like he didn't favor either team, and and he definitely let them play. So it's interesting that you brought that up, Greg. I'm sorry I cut you off. You were going to say something else. No, that's basically what I was going to say. I, I was. I, I'm glad he brought up the refereeing because I thought it was a chippy game, and I thought there were some pretty clear missed calls where someone would barge into someone very early in this game. I think like the 12th minute, 
Uh, Captoom essentially, like, clearly hacks someone right outside of the box. It should have set up a very dangerous free kick, um, and it just wasn't called. Uh, he, he more or less just was late. He kind of shoved someone over and then just kind of took the ball and they kind of played on. Uh, it kind of went down the left wing. Uh, Botang kind of took it down and passed it up to Renix, and it kind of led to a half counterattack. Um, and I, I think kind of everyone, there was like a moment where everyone was like waiting for a whistle to be called. But um, yeah, I, I thought there were a handful of calls where someone kind of barges into someone or kind of nicks someone. And um, just the referee, it, it had to be a clear foul too. I think that's kind of what makes the penalty kick a little more interesting because as I say, I think it was a, a, penalty, call, a, a penalty kick. Um, I don't think McCoon had great position on that play. Uh, but all things considered, I mean, anything even remotely questionable seemed like it was a play-on situation. Um, and the referee seemed pretty pretty certain on that penalty kick. He called it right away. So um, I, and also, while we're talking about it, that second penalty kick, um, that was not even remotely close to a penalty kick. And uh, I'm shocked CFC was whining in the way that they did. Um, I, I could not even believe that in real time, I thought it was not remotely close to a penalty kick. Uh, and then on replay, it looked even less like a penalty kick than it did in real time. So um, I'm not exactly sure what they were super upset about there other than just absolute frustration. Uh, but uh, glad the referee wasn't pulled on that one. Yeah, no, Ak- Akinola was really upset on that. And Sunday afternoon fullbacks, I don't know what it is that you're doing with those emojis, <laughs> but you were 100% distracting me. Um, <laughs> and uh, I forget what I, what I was saying. Akinola, yeah, I don't know. I, I can always, he's usually a revs killer in my opinion. Um, he's someone that I was happy to see get subbed off when he got subbed off. Uh, but yeah, when he went down, I didn't think that was a, that was a penalty either. Uh, but I mean, he was surely pleading his case. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm not, I'm not for it. Not, not in that sort of situation. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we do have Traeger here. Traeger's been waiting patiently. Traeger, how are you doing tonight? What's on your mind? Uh, I'm doing a lot better now that the uh, game is over and we actually came away with something. Um, you know, everybody, every, we played this team two weeks ago and everyone was talking like we we're going to come in tonight and just get completely blown out. People obviously exaggerating, but they're saying like 10 to one, whatever, um, even three to one, I thought was excessive. But I think that we came in, we showed them that even when, we are deep, deep in our roster. We are just as good as they are. Um, but that's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about something that I've been talking about for weeks now and have been praying for and begging Bruce to do, and that is to play the kids, and he finally did. And the past couple of games, they have done nothing but uh, go in and do their jobs exactly how he is instructed and done exactly what he was looking for. Um, and I'm just excited for the future on them. And I wanted to hear your takes on how they did tonight. Well, before we get to that, I don't know if Sunday afternoon fullbacks is looking to speak. He hit the raise hand emoji, but he's also just spamming emojis in general. So I don't know if he has anything to say here. Uh, Sunday afternoon fullbacks. Uh, did you want to say anything about playing the kids? Bruce brought the kids in. The team was up two to one. The kids came in. They tied two to two. This is more Stockholm syndrome. We dropped two points and you're happy about it. Come on. We're better. Oh my gosh. Give it a rest. (laughs) (laughs) If you think it was their fault that they dropped the points, it's, you're wrong. You're dead wrong. Oh, they, they did such a great job coming in and protecting that lead. That's what subs are supposed to do. When you come in with 22 minutes left in the game, you're supposed to protect your lead, but no, Hey, what a great job they did. Tying two to two. Nice job, kids. <laughs> I love, I love Twitter spaces. This is great. Um, 
Dude. Well, I'm, I'm, at, at the at the risk of being called McKinney. Did, did uh, you see Carlos Hill getting pissed at Esmir? Esmir couldn't find him. He was streaking down the middle of the field, unmarked, running down on goal, and Esmir couldn't find him. Even Carlos Hill was pissed. Even he was, yeah, he was pissed. But yeah, nice job, kids. Hey, you guys did it. You only lost two points, not not all three. Yeah, you didn't lose all three. Way to go, kids. Nice job. Esmir, you recognize that there wasn't support. He didn't. Uh, he didn't obviously feel confident in making that pass and felt it was because he sucks. To pull it back. Well, well it was his first professional minutes at this level ever. And his worst. Well, uh, in Asmir's defense, he's only five foot, like seven or eight. So maybe he couldn't see. I don't think well, he even saw him. Yeah. Well, wait, three uh, people in between them. Well, here, and I'm, I'm going to throw this back in, in Sunday afternoon fullbacks face here. Where you know I, I do want to point out that he missed Carlos Hill, uh, and I would have loved to have seen him uh, throw that ball into open space and, and give Carlos Hill a, a nice chance to put this game away. But if you're bringing on these subs to put the game away, isn't slowing the game down and holding possession what you would want to do in that scenario to preserve that two to one lead? Uh, so you know it, it could be a scenario which the young kid isn't trying to be a hero; he's just kind of trying to play it safe. Couldn't I counter with that Sunday afternoon, fullbacks? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, that, that, that play wasn't happening in like the 89th or 90th minute. Like this, when did this, this was like the 72nd minute. Like there's still plenty of game to play. There's 20 minutes to go. You have a guy running down the middle of the field unmarked. You play the ball tape. You're not going to kill 18 minutes in the corner of the field. Come on. Well, I, I will say this. Uh, I, I, I'm not putting, I'm not putting the, the goal on Esmir or Buck. Uh, Cause I, I don't think they weren't defenders. Uh, no, but I, I am because I'm insane. So yes, and you're eight and a half years in. Uh, but uh, I, I, overall, I mean, Buck did a little bit more last game than this game. Um, I didn't really have anything in terms of notes for him, other than Michael Bradley kind of had a run into the box that Buck uh, either was a little split second to notice, uh, but it didn't lead to anything. So I can't really get too mad about that one. Esmir, as you mentioned, the play where uh, he's running down the side, kind of slows up and. Instead of kicking it long to Carlos Hill streaking down the middle, uh, he kind of just holds possession, which, again, I think probably he was told don't be a hero. Um, you but know. hang on, Greg. So it, the opposite happened later in the game where Hill had Esmir streaking out wide, wide open, and he decided to pull the ball back. It was the exact same situation. Yeah, I, I, I personally missed that uh, specific play you're talking about, I believe you. Um, but I didn't miss it. Yeah, that did happen. But it's 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 probably a scenario in which they're trying to hold the lead and just trying to hold possession. Uh, you know, there's late in the game. I, I know this is late in the game. I think the 80th minute, there was a really nice ball won by Polster. And they could have countered. They could have played a little bit fast. Instead, they kind of just passed around midfield, sent it you know, back to the back line, swung it side to side, kicked it back to Petrovic. I think they took like a full minute off the clock. So, um, you know, I, I think the Revs knew going into this game, they probably they probably started bunkering a little bit sooner than uh, than they needed to, to be honest with you. Uh, they probably got that second goal and said, okay, let's try to hold this off. Um, but, um, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Esmir and Buck were given the instructions of, hey, you're, you're fresh legs. That's all we're expecting you to do. Just run balls down um, and, and don't do anything stupid with it. So, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I struggle to criticize them too much. Were they super impactful? No. Um, but, uh, I, I, I don't know. They were very, we're, we're kind of splitting hairs in terms of uh, criticizing them. So, uh, Traeger, you got your hand up. What's up? Um, so you just kind of touched on it. Um, this 
happened at the beginning of the season where Bruce went into the Pumas game, the second leg, and he had the quote of, we don't need to score, they do, and they just parked the bus. And I think all throughout the season, we've seen that, like touching on what Sunday afternoon fullback said, like that's when we're giving up points is when we decide we're just going to sit back and they don't, we don't have to score. They do. And I think that mentality completely shifts the game because I felt like we were in control or not necessarily in control, but we had a good um, take on the game before we just got that second goal and decided to just sit back. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to see this team really have the mentality of staying on that front foot rather than sitting back and giving the other team as much possession as possible and as many chances as possible. Wait, we got can a couple I, of hands can, here, but before I step, Can I step in here? Wait, I'm sorry. I just, I just wanted no, to say, wait, like... Shut up, Mick Dummy. Wait, 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 wait. Don't make me mute. I, 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 have a, I have a... Hang on, hang on, hang on. I, I, I have a follow-up question here that's relevant, and I just muted everyone because I just realized I have that power. Um, but we did get a question from Robert uh, who says, would it have been better to let Ima and Renix finish the game and possibly get three points? Um, and, and bring in, save Esmir and Buck for Montreal. I think this was a matter of, um, you know, saving Renix because he's really your only striker and saving Ema because, you know, I think giving him 90 minutes back-to-back -back games uh, and, and then having him run out there in Montreal, third game in eight games, um, probably isn't the best idea. So I, I think Bruce is also managing minutes a little bit, but it does bring the question of whether or not, um, you know, you should have kept Ema and Renix in. Uh, Sunday afternoon fullbacks. I think you can unmute yourself. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, Trey, Traeger uh, called me out, so I got to respond to Traeger's question. Um, but to be honest, Traeger, your your question is honestly exactly what I'm saying. Like you're saying, oh, why aren't the Revs just keeping the foot on the gas and all that? Like that's what I'm saying they should do. Esmir should have been able to play the ball to heel instead of trying to hold up in, in the middle of the field and kill time for 20 minutes. Like, yeah, you're saying exactly the same thing that I'm saying the refs should have been trying to do, trying to attack and get the third goal with 20 minutes to play. You should be going for another goal at that point. And you're saying, Oh no, we can't question the effort of these 17 year old guys. I don't care how old you are. You're playing for the refs, man. This is the first team you go out there. You win. They didn't win tonight. They had the lead. They dropped two points. I was agreeing with you. I wasn't trying to call you out. I was saying that, I, well, I, I'm used to people disagreeing with me and me arguing with that. So <laughs> I don't know what to do here with people agreeing with me. This is a weird scenario. <laughs> uh, I'm going to, I want to move on to, I want to move on to Bobby Reverton. Bobby's been waiting patiently to get his two cents in Bobby. What are your thoughts? So, I mean, I, I, I guess the situation all goes all the way back to cap to him, right? Cause if he doesn't get hurt and Pulsar doesn't come, come in, I think that changes the trajectory of the future substitutions. But when you are going to change out an exhausted forward and a winger, you really only had three options, Esmir, Buck and Rivera, right? And Esmir and Buck are, I think, objectively better in possession than Rivera, who's sort of just more athletic than those two guys. So I'm not sure with the men that they had on the field and on the bench, what else they could do. And to go to the Gonzalez situation, I, and this is sort of now 10 minutes ago. Yes. I think Gonzalez is a very good defender when he's part of a five man back line and is coded in two central defensive midfielders. Like other than that, like I, 
and sure, he was big when he had to be, but he had so much cover that it's hard for me to say that he himself was individually good. And lastly, I, I just got to say, we've been in this space for a period of time now. The fact that no one's mentioned Petrovic, I mean, he is unbelievable. Like not just with the saves that he made, but with the absolute confidence that he controls that box with. I mean, there were times when he could have just caught a pass and fallen on it, a la, you know, sort of the Premier League goalies when they try to kill time. But he is just up one handed, ready to go. I mean, I can't believe he found this guy after looning, losing ostensibly the best goalie we've ever had. Anyway, those are my three takes. And at the end of the day, I'd always rather get three points. But the fact that we rolled in there with a Christmas tree and we somehow scored a point and I'll take it. I mean, maybe it's just Stockholm syndrome, as Sunday said. But at, at, at the end of the day, I mean, this last five game run, I, as I said on Twitter, is a masterclass for Arena. He's been playing with nothing, with the bottom of the barrel of what we currently have. And we came out with nine points. I'm not sure we can ask for more than that right now. No, all very good points. Um, and, you know, I want to talk about Petrick too. Another great game. I mean, two goals conceded, but I don't think you could really blame him for either. Uh, he, another week where he, kind oh, of I could blame him. I I'll blame him. <laughs> well, either way, I, I just wanted to give props to Petrovic, even if it's not unanimous. Um, and, and it's a good point by Bobby that, uh, you know, we've made it through this entire podcast without mentioning him. It's been a long time. You know what else we've gone through this podcast without mentioning Glasso kits, Glasso kits. We, uh, you know, their mission is to bring unique vintage jerseys to your home with a catalog of jerseys, jackets, scarves, and more from clubs and national teams from over 80 countries in the world. They have United States men's national team merch. They have Revs merch. They have merch from your favorite European club that you support from afar, and they do it with competitive prices. And with promo code REVSRECAP, you can save 15% off your order. You don't see those types of deals anywhere these days, not in this economy. So check out GlassoKits.com for their full selection. Make sure you follow them at GlassoKits on Twitter and GlassoKits on Instagram for updates on their new inventory. And when you find something you like, use promo code REVSRECAP to save 15% off your order. That is promo code REVSRECAP at 15% off your order at GalassoKits.com. Links and code are in the show notes. McNutty, I've been I've, I've been pushing you off for a while. Uh, you wanted to jump into that debate like 10 minutes ago. Do you have anything you want to say? Yeah, I don't remember my point anymore, so keep it moving, boys. <laughs> We'll keep it moving. Keep it moving. Either you're, you're going to disagree with Sunday afternoon fullbacks, I'm sure, in some in some way, shape, or form. Um, and also, too, uh, I, I no, I was going to disagree uh, with Traeger. I forget what about. Oh, that's all. Well, yeah. uh, I think it was about the Rev. You're going to disagree with him about the Revs game tonight. Yeah, I was. I was saying how the Revs should stay on their front foot rather than parking the bus. Oh, yep that uh, that sparked it right now. I, I think. The reason they got points tonight is because they spent a lot of the game, most of the first half even, parking the bus. And I think that's a big reason they got points tonight was men behind the ball playing smart defense. So I don't agree with that. I think the game plan tonight and how it was executed was parking the bus for the most part. I think that worked. Specifically, do you think it was a good idea to take off Justin Reddick's or do you think you keep him up there 90? Because I... I I think one thing that was noticeable was Esmir was not doing the things Justin was doing um, in terms of in terms of pushing. <laughs> I, I, I think there was a noticeable drop off uh, in terms of 
uh, winning the ball in the attacking half and holding possession in the second half when you subbed off Reddicks for Esmir. So what do you think of that, McNutty? No, I think that's fair criticism. I think the game plan the whole time was the product of us. I think that's a bit of a broad statement today, but that's what cost them the game. If that if it was more specific around that substitution, I might agree. I still think I agree a lot because once again the second goal was just like a absolute world class goal that I don't think anything could have stopped besides the right call to make a foul beforehand on Larea like grabbing Dewan's shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um there's a free goal by a player who makes basically as much as the whole Revs roster, and like you just got to write it off to that at the end of the day. Like, I don't think parking the bus was the issue tonight. Uh, Traeger, uh, I see your hand raised. Uh, what are your thoughts here? Um, just on Rennings, I thought that he was completely spent. He looked spent kind of in the first half. He just looked exhausted out there, um, and he was given everything that he had. Like, he hasn't had many days off. He's playing as many minutes as he has ever played. Um, and I think it was either way, it was the right decision to pull him um, because I just don't think he had the legs left in him. And if we want to run him out again for Montreal, then we uh, giving him the rest was the right decision. And Bruce mentioned in the post game that Esmir was playing out of position. So I don't know if he's ever had that responsibility to be a hold up forward before. Um, so I, I mean, in my view, obviously he's going to do, um, but when he did recognize after the first few times off the field, when he did recognize that he should be holding it up and doing a better job, I felt like he made that adjustment. Sunday afternoon fullbacks, uh, you got your hand raised. I'm sure you're going to say something very entertaining. Uh, what's up? Well, just in terms of fairness, there have been people who have been questioned on tonight's episode of, about their sobriety levels, and Mc, McDummy hasn't been questioned yet. So, uh, McDummy, how many how many beers have you had tonight? Um, count right now. I am on number eleven. Ooh, he's got you beat Sunday afternoon fullbacks. Yeah, well, that was at the yeah. beginning of the pod. Mm-hmm. And I have to work tomorrow. He doesn't either. He's uh, for the summer. I think this is going to lead to a Twitter Spaces drinking contest between the two of you. Uh, beer for beer, shot for shot. We're going to have to get that going uh, later this year. It certainly seems like a rivalry is brewing here. First sponsored by to, Applebee's. First one, one to die is the responsibility of Rev's recap. Way to go. You did it. <laughs> I mean, you're not a real podcast until you've uh, caused a death. So, uh, you know, that's that's certainly on our bucket list. So, uh where were we? Boy, Chris, you still here, by the way? The, uh, stakes have been raised. Yes, I, I'm still here. Yeah. Let's see. What, like else we, <laughs> what else do we have to talk about here? I was a little bit surprised that uh, Rivera did not come into this game. Uh, Bobby kind of mentioned it, though. It's I don't know if really this game called for him at all a little bit. And we weren't too impressed with him uh, in the last game. So I guess I can't say I'm super, super impressed. Um, and just to kind of touch on another thing, you could have played Spalding kind of down the left wing. They opted not to do that again. I don't think they have a lot of faith in Spalding to do a, a ton uh, in an attacking role, which he, we've seen a little bit in Revs too. Uh, so I just wanted to kind of note that as well. Also, I, want, I wanted to ask, I don't know, maybe it was just me, but I, I kind of felt like Emmanuel Boateng was kind of off this game. Uh, there seemed to be a lot of uh, you know one-on-ones that he normally would win the foot race for, and he didn't. Um, there was, seemed to be a lot of times where he just wasn't, given the finding the space or being given the ball in the space or taking, taking the cross when he, you think he normally would. Um, it, it just kind of felt like he was almost invisible in this game. He, he felt like Sebastian the jet or something. Um, it, 
it, it was a weird game, I think, for him. And, and maybe that's just me, my perspective, because I definitely had a lot of distractions going on uh, while I was watching the game. Um, so I could be wrong, but I thought that this might have been one of his poorest performances, I think, for the Revs. And maybe this is something going back to I always liked seeing Emma Boateng being the super sub. And I think he uh, fits that role better than any other player that comes off the top of my head. Um, he's it brings so much uh, athleticism and so much speed and quickness, and he plays so direct. That's uh, so great to have coming off the bench in the 60, 70th minute, something like that. And uh, it doesn't seem to really cater to his game so much when he's when he's starting and going uh, 70 minutes. Uh, Chris, uh, I, I do have a stat that I was going to bring up. Uh, I, I do think Please. Respect, I don't think he was bad, uh, but he wasn't very effective. Um, in his 68 minutes tonight, how many touches do you think he had? Uh, I'm looking at it, so I'm not going to oh, answer that. Cheating, but... uh, cheating, 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 cheating. <laughs> Spoiler for everyone else, uh, it was 15 touches. So uh, Bobby Reverton has his hand raised. Bobby, uh, what's your thoughts? I just, I think Boateng uh, is good in a role where the rest of the team is playing offense. I mean, they, you know, there's a lot of conversation about whether or not they should have parked the bus. I mean, they showed up to the stadium with a bus. And I don't think there's anything more difficult in soccer than changing from a bus into a race car, right? I mean, so they, there's only so much they could have done in my job today. I mean, I'm not necessarily sure the Boateng fits in that role, right? Mm -hmm. I think he, when you have a 4-2-3-1, when the three is pushing forward and he's part of it, I think that he works in that role. But when you have five men in the back, you know, I don't think he can make his own offense. I don't think he's ever been able to make his own offense. So I just think he's been put in a tricky situation. I think he played as good as he could in that situation. And yeah, it wasn't his best game, but I'm not sure he was set up for success. I think that's that was very, a very, yeah, very fair, valid points. Yes. I beat you to it, Chris. Uh, you um, did. Quick trigger. I also say, too, he played pretty well the other day. Um, yeah, I, I wonder if kind of, one less person in the midfield, yeah, that, that might have had a, a pretty significant uh, impact. And also, he's probably not Few. used to playing this. Few, sorry, fewer, fewer, not less, fewer. Oh, okay. English teacher over here. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Throw me off. You were the name. Correctly, my grammar has thrown me off. <sighs> Awful. Um, I don't have much more to talk about. Captoom left uh, early. Uh, Bruce Arena said after the game, "There's no update on Wilfred Captoom." Uh, we talked about Polster. Uh, Traeger's got something to say. Traeger, what's up? Um, now, after that game, when Tommy Mack has a 7.0 or higher, they are still undefeated with, I think, believe it's 5-2, five 5-2-0 and two, five, two and oh record. Um, and I feel like he has been getting a lot of heat this season that wasn't deserved. And now that things are turning around, we're seeing him get more credit for that. And now, oh, good. No, 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 go for it. No, I, I'm going to change the topics to finish your thought. Oh, okay. Um, on the contrary, the first half, I thought he played awful, and he didn't look like himself. He wasn't hitting passes. He couldn't keep his feet under him, and I was not impressed. Um, obviously, I didn't want him to come off in the second half because he turns games around in an instant and can just have an instant impact. Um, but I don't think he looked like himself in the first half, and... Um, Fatigue may be starting to get to him because he plays 90 minutes every single game. Well, he's, he's got to carry that whole team on his back, too. I mean, he doesn't really have a ton to work with. Uh, he did uh, have a – I believe he was got the secondary assist on the first goal, though. Um, 
the the ball to Rennix, if I remember correctly, I might be misremembering that. Uh, and he he did have the uh, assist assist uh, on the second goal, perfectly leading it in. So I do think Carlos Hill uh, had his moments, but uh, you know I, I'm sure going from Dylan Barrero and Gustavo Bo and Adam Buxa and Tejan Buchanan to uh, Justin Rennix, Ima Boateng, and Tommy McNamara. Um, it, it's a lot harder to create uh, with the uh, downgrade in weapons. Although I, I probably shouldn't sl- slander Tommy McNamara because, as he said, uh, another great performance from him. We haven't talked about him tonight. Um, I, I thought he played well. And I don't want to take credit, but I'm pretty confident that this turnaround in Tommy McNamara that we're seeing this season, you can attribute it specifically to Sean forgetting to talk about Tommy McNamara signing his contract extension. Did Tommy McNamara use that as motivation uh, to turn his season around? I say yes. I say yes. So are we, is this podcast responsible for Tommy McNamara's turnaround in play and the points that the Reds have gained over the past few weeks? I, I don't think yeah. we have proof, but I, I can't, I, you can't say no. Uh, I, I don't know what you're getting at, Craig, but uh, I had a quick stat. Carlos Hill had one assist officially on the night. I, I, I won't lie, Chris. There was going to be a long pause. I was expecting you to say something, so I'm glad you, you chimed in. Um, I do think before I, I, I went off on my uh, kind of mini tangent, uh, Bobby was going to say something there, too. And by the way, if anyone who hasn't spoken yet, if you would like to speak uh, and give your take on tonight's game or if you have any thoughts, uh, please raise your hand. We'll get you into the game. We're gonna, probably going to go about another 10 minutes. We'll wrap up at 11. It is a school night for us. Uh, so I will, uh, as I say, probably about 10 will we'll wrap or not 10, 11 will wrap it up. Uh, but Bobby, uh, what are your thoughts here? So just to talk about, you almost forget that Carlos Heels on this team uh, because he is the heart and soul of the team, right? I mean, he is surrounded week to week with just like random dudes, to be honest with you. And I mean, I know that Taylor Twelman is the best, right? Because of his stats and everything, but it, it, Carlos Hill is the most talented player I've ever seen in this uniform. And even when he had a game like today, where it wasn't his best, you just know that he's going to connect the dots. And, you know, we are very blessed to have this guy on our team. I, I can't believe it. Like he's so good. And I know there's a lot of conversation on Rev's Twitter about his brother and whether he's worth it or not. Like, honestly, if he's one fifth of Carlos and we can get him for one fifth of the price, like, let's go. Like, I, I have never like Christian Pania, when he showed up, showed me a different version of soccer. And the, the Carlos heel is just a, a whole different ball game. So anyway, I, I know that he didn't have his best game, but my God, he, he, he is unbelievable. And Sunday, come on, give me a break. You know, he's good. You know, he's good. I love that we're getting Christian Pena throwbacks, and I, I was bringing up uh, Claude Dielna earlier, getting all the former revs going. Mm-hmm. And to Carlos Hill's point, though, he's playing fan fantastic again this season. You know, it's another, I don't know about another quiet year, but a much more quieter year as far as profile goes compared to what he did last year. Obviously, leading the MVP race, ran away with it, essentially won it halfway through the season. This year, he's now in second place in MLS with assists. He has 13 behind Lucho Acosta's 14. He's first in MLS in key passes. He has 78. Lucho Acosta is the next closest to that with 65. So he's blowing Lucho out of the water again. This guy is just a magician. And I don't remember who it was that tweeted uh, about this. um, But just say it doesn't matter who's on the pitch when Carlos Hill is out there. He's a magician and he finds a way to make it work. And so if I stole your tweet and you're listening, sorry. 
but thank you for that. And uh, yeah, Carlos Hill is just a, a whole nother level and best player that I've ever seen uh, in a Revs jersey. Well, yeah, and I, I agree with a lot of sentiments too. And, you know, we don't talk about him enough on this podcast because mm-hmm. you expect greatness week in and week out. I mean, it's almost like, you know, we, we went half this podcast without talking about Petrovic because I think we've kind of established that we expect, you know, three or four pretty crazy saves from him. Uh, we're, you know, we're, we're going to be more shocked when he lets one in um, at this stage. So Carlos Heel, you know, we didn't lead off with him, but if he was a lesser player, we'd be like, whoa, you know, 76% pass accuracy, two chances created, one assist, you know, six for nine on duels, you know, seven recoveries, like, and he had no offensive around him. This, this was a great performance. Um, but for Carlos Hill, you know, this was a r- relatively tame night. Uh, you know, you know, he gets an assist, big deal, you know. Um, he's really, you know, brought out the, uh, he, he brings up the level of play around him. Uh, and last game, too, you know, who's going to score? You know, Carlos Hill, not much of a goal scorer, you know, comes in and, and has a really nice shot. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about it last game. He probably could have had a hat trick. He hit that post, uh, which is probably, you know, not one of the lowlights of the season. Uh, you know, he did all the hard work and, and just couldn't tap it in. But, um, you know, still, that performance last week uh, against DC United was still very good. Um, he makes everyone around him better. He does a lot in the midfield and winning possession. Uh, he, he can play defense, too. Uh, he can create chances. He can score. Uh, he does it all. And I think, you know, last season, he, you know, started out the year potentially challenging the assist record. And I think we got so used to him making assists every single game that this season, I don't want to say as a let off, but, you know, Chris reading off those stats saying he's first in key passes, like it's not surprising, but I can't say that like every single week I'm looking up the key pass stat like I was, or the assist stats like I was last year, just because it's kind of expected just because he's that good. So, um, and it's also, he brings up Nacho who is training with the team. Uh, and I, I believe Bruce Arena said it's a possibility down the road that they sign him or something like that. It's kind of standard Bruce you know, not, nothing, no major, you know, info you can gather from him. But, um, uh, you Real know, cool. can I, I just I, say I, that McCoon, just for another throwback, since we're talking about throwbacks, McCoon reminds me of Javon Watson. And we just haven't got Watson yet. Um, I just, I just watched him play and I'm like, oh, I've, I've seen this movie before. Well, and, and Charlotte fans don't like McCoon, by the way. Uh, he he's not coming with good recommendations. So um, yeah, I I'm curious to see where the McCoon project comes out. He's only 22. So I, I feel like this is a longer term play than a shorter term play, uh, but it's uh, interesting to see play out. And I'm very excited. We got a Javon uh, Watson uh, reference in here next. Um, if anyone wants to make any comparisons to Jeremy Hall, uh, please feel free to do so. So with that being said, we got about three minutes left. Um, I don't know if anyone wants to jump, jump in, but we can go around the room. If there's any, uh, final takeaways, Traeger, uh, just unmuted himself. Traeger, uh, any final thoughts before we depart here today? Um, well, I was just going to see if you could touch on just like what we can expect from Montreal and, uh, what you think our lineup might be against them. Ooh, well, that's a tough question too. Uh, let's see. Well, we don't know about Captoom. I assume we're not going to see Captoom. So... I don't know if we see the five-man backline again. It worked tonight, question mark, but I don't know. I wonder if missing Kessler, uh, like like tonight, if missing Kessler, they kind of feel like the best way to go is a five-man backline. So I'll kind of say we go with a similar lineup. Maybe, though, instead of Captoom, you see Polster. Maybe instead of Botang, maybe Rivera gets a second shot. I wonder if he's running out of steam a little bit. Um, but I definitely expect to see Renix up top. I expect to see Hill McNamara out there somewhere in the midfield. And then backline, you have by Farrell Jones. I bet they go five-man backline because, as I say, like, 
in a four-man back line, Bell might not be healthy to go, or they might not, you know, he's coming back from a concussion. It's either McCoon or it's it's Omar and McCoon. Uh, and, and that's a, a, a big question to me. And I think this worked out well enough that I, I think, in my opinion, Bruce doesn't want to lose. He, he'd rather not, you know, he'd rather take the draw if he can guarantee the draw than taking three points. Um, and, and I think a road game against the three seed in the East, maybe on tired legs, having Renix who you're, you're really running into the ground week in and week out. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if Bruce is going to set up five man in the back and try to come away with a one, nothing or a one, one game here. Um, Chris, what are your thoughts? You know, uh, I, I don't think it's going to vary too much from what we saw tonight. Uh, I, I do think it's going to vary for as far as like a five to four back um, just because Bruce is Bruce and five at the back worked and keep using it as what people would expect him to do. So he's going to try to throw them off and, Go to the four back. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. But the one piece that I'm, I'm looking at is uh, guys fitness and how, how is everyone doing? Is, is there going to be any rotation? Uh, are we going to possibly see like it, uh, AJ De La Garza coming in for Brandon Bay? I know he he got hurt there uh, right around the same time that Cap Toom got hurt. I missed exactly what happened, but it looked like he was in a lot of pain and he was down on the ground for quite a while. Um, so I don't know if maybe Brandon by needs to take a break. I don't know if Dewan Jones needs, needs some time. Um, uh, in my opinion, Jones looks starting to look a little bit slow out there. Ryan Spaulding could be coming in off the bench for some fresh legs. There might be a bit of rotation and I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that. Um, I do expect Matt Pulser to start over cap uh, since obviously we don't know what cap status really is. Um, but assuming that he's not going to play, uh, on Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, this weekend, Saturday. Wow. Three, yeah. Three days rest, um, two days rest, whatever it is. That's not a lot of time. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see a bit of rotation out there. Um, yeah. I, also, other than that, I don't have a whole lot of predictions. Yeah. I, I will say too, I, some, I believe someone mentioned earlier, I think we only traveled with the team bone. Mm-hmm. didn't. So maybe we see Baroni off the bench. I, I wouldn't expect him to start. I, I'd imagine they're going to ease him back in anyway. Uh, but I wonder if instead of going no striker or no center forward like he did tonight and bring on Samir, if we get to see Brioni with a 20, 30 minute cameo here, um, yep. it'd be nice to see him get some minutes down the stretch. So uh, rest play Saturday at 730 in Montreal, and then they go home Sunday, August 28th. They play LA Galaxy. Then they play Chicago that Wednesday. Uh, and then New York City. So they have three home games in the span of, what is that, seven or eight days. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's going to be a very important stretch as well. So uh, raise your hands uh, if anyone listening or, or on speaker has anything to say. Um, I don't really have anything other than thank you to everyone who joined tonight. Paulo, Sunday afternoon fullbacks, who has left. He's passed out, I guess. Uh, Traeger, McDummy, uh, Bobby, Paulo, uh, thank hey, you so much. it's McNutty. It's McNutty, <laughs> not McDummy. Well, we should have one in two weeks because I think we're going to try to do weeknight games. Uh, so hopefully we have one in two weeks following the Wednesday Chicago game, which is hopefully a three pointer. Uh, but uh, yeah, thank you all for joining. I really appreciate everyone who hopped in and, and spoke on the pod. This is always super fun. Uh, does anyone have anything to add here before we go? Feel free to raise your hand. If not, I don't think I have much more to add. It was a pretty, pretty good result. All things considered. Um, looks like we're all good. So I'll just thank you all again for joining us today. And thank you everyone for supporting and listening to the podcast. And 
Uh, we got another review from Brian Flaherty this week on iTunes. If you haven't already, give us a review on iTunes. I see like 10 of you still in the chat. Uh, I know not all of you have given iTunes reviews. Uh, so please give us a five-star iTunes review. Uh, I think we've had four straight weeks where we've gotten one. Let's keep that streak going. Uh, if you don't already, follow us on Twitter at Revolution Recap. Also follow our Revolution Recap Instagram and Facebook pages. Uh, be sure to follow our friends at The Bent Musket on Twitter at The Bent Musket and follow their work online at www.thebentmusket.com. Uh, and also be sure to follow our friends at The Rebellion, uh, at The Rebellion on Twitter and anyrebellion.org so you can learn more about them. Uh, and of course, check out our sponsor, Galasso Kits, and use promo code REVSRECAP for 15% off your order at galassokits.com. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Really appreciate uh, everyone coming on tonight, and hopefully the Revs keep this streak going uh, Saturday in Montreal. I think we will have an episode for you uh, following that game. Not 100% sure at this point, but uh, if not, until next time, thank you, everyone, for listening, and go Revs. <laughs>